direction. So. I'm going to open us in a word of prayer and then we'll get started with the video. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this beautiful morning. Lord, I thank you for this time where we can come together, Lord, and we can um, we can hear your word, but Lord, we can also talk about it. We can we can discuss how it applies to our lives, Father. And I just pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you this morning, Lord, and that you would just guide this time in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Like so many of you, I grew up going to church. My dad had us there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every week. It was a lot of church. Now, there are many of you that grew up at a church that may have fostered a pretty rigid environment, which in turn affected your view of God. So as a kid and through your teen years, you may have seen God as formal, narrow, cold. Now, maybe he wasn't a God with whom you wanted to entrust your life or your plans or your dreams. Instead, you viewed God as like a potential dream crusher. You thought that a God with this kind of character would want you to do things you didn't want to do. Personally, I believed that God's will for me would often involve me doing things that I found really unenjoyable. Now, if you grew up in an environment like this, the overarching theme at your church was that this life was not meant to be full of life. Christianity was primarily about what happened after this life. In my late teens, I met a friend named Simon. Simon had a different kind of relationship with God. He seemed to have a close, trusting view of Jesus, and he believed that God's plan for us is to have a full, abundant life. He attended a youth group where everyone had fun. It was really weird, because everyone had so much fun until I learned that it wasn't so weird. Through Simon, I encountered a God full of grace, love, and compassion for people. A God both holy and loving. But we've all had different ways of seeing God. Depending on how you've been raised or what you've been taught, maybe even because of some Christians you've met, God might seem like the last person you could get excited about. From your perspective, it doesn't seem like he is for you at all. He just seems like he's against, well, everything. He seems like less of a friend and more like an angry dictator in life. If we really think about it, we may hold all kinds of negative views about God. You know, maybe he's annoyed with our constant poor choices. Maybe God's angry because we've messed up and he's going to punish us in return. Maybe he's a perfectionist. So no matter how hard we try, we'll never meet his standards. Maybe we think he's absent. He might be there, but he doesn't really care about our day-to-day -day lives. And of course, maybe God's irrelevant. He's an ancient God, and ancient gods aren't very helpful with today's problems. But maybe this isn't how God actually is. Maybe the God we encounter in the Bible is actually for you and loves you. And maybe this is true because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. This is true because of what we're celebrating over the next few weeks, Easter. Now here's what I've Following Jesus isn't just about the afterlife. It's all about life after Jesus. We may tend to primarily view Easter as the moment that made heaven, you know, the afterlife, possible for all of humanity, and that's true. But Easter isn't just about the afterlife. It's about life here and now after Jesus. We can see this reality in the biblical stories of those people who encountered Jesus after his death and resurrection. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at three people. Three people who discovered a huge truth about God in the days after Easter. They learned about God's character. They learned about how much God valued them. And they learned about the rich life made possible by the events during Easter. Now, most of us are familiar with the Easter story. And the pinnacle of this story is the death and resurrection of Jesus. But before we talk about the events of the resurrection story itself, let's consider what this event tells us about God. Because the first Easter did more than create the foundation for the Christian faith. It also gave us a powerful look and what God is really like. So today, we're going to look at a passage of scripture written by a man named John. John was one of the 12 disciples. 
people who closely followed Jesus throughout his ministry. And John would ultimately outlive all of the other 11 disciples. In fact, tradition tells that the other disciples were all killed because of their faith in Jesus. And John was the only one who died of old age. So in a way, his long life provided John with an interesting perspective the other disciples didn't have. John had an entire lifetime to ponder the years he spent following Jesus. He had time to consider what he had heard and seen. He could play the long game with his faith. And he could see what belief and trust in Jesus looked like over the span of a lifetime. And so when we read what John wrote, we know he is writing from a place of having heard and lived out the good news of Jesus Christ. Over the course of his life, John wrote three letters, the book of Revelation, and one gospel. The gospel John wrote, along with the other gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, document the words and the moments and miracles of Jesus' time on earth. All four of these writings are included in the New Testament, a collection of books that document Jesus' life and the early church. In his three letters, John tells us what he has learned about God. It's in the first of these letters that John gives us insight into what the resurrection proved about what God is like. So here's what John wrote. God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Maybe you've heard that God loves you, but maybe it's never felt like that was true. But John, who spent his younger days with Jesus and the rest of his life following Jesus' teachings, was able to look back at everything he experienced and see that the resurrection was completely motivated by God's love for people. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, God showed us what love looks like, and it looks like Jesus. So if we ever wonder if our mistakes are too big, all we need to do is remember what Jesus did and did with us in mind. We can remember that nothing we do can cancel what Jesus did for us. Because of Jesus, we know God's love is immeasurable. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can know our slate is wiped clean again and again every single day. And here's the thing. This story was very personal to John. John didn't just follow Jesus. He was his friend. So when he watched Jesus die on the cross, John probably thought that relationship was over. And if you've ever lost a relationship in a tragic way, you probably know how John felt. But then everything changes for John. Three days later, when Jesus pulls off the greatest comeback of all time, and John realized nothing, nothing can defeat God's love for us. The resurrection of Jesus proves that God is love. The resurrection of Jesus proves that love is stronger than death. Just think about this in strictly human terms. If you had a friend who willingly gave up their life so you could live, how would you assume that friend viewed you? That you were worth little? That you were unimportant? That you weren't even worth their time? No way! Their sacrifice would only reinforce how much they loved you. Because of the resurrection, John knew he was loved. Since Jesus is God. Because of the resurrection, we can know that God is love. The same is true for you and me. Whatever you've thought about God up until now, because of the resurrection and what Jesus did for us, you and I, we can know that we are loved. What made this so big for John was that it was personal. It was part of his story. Easter wasn't this abstract thing that happened. It was an actual event that was specific to his life. And in that moment, God moved from this general to something very personal. That's what happened to me years ago when I met my friend. He helped me see that God is love. And through Jesus, I could see that love personified. Jesus' sacrifice makes a bold statement. And that is, we are loved by a gracious God. So today, let's take hold of the idea that God loves us deeply. The death and resurrection of Jesus proves it. Regardless of the ideas you have about God, consider again what John has told us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So this week, 
Here are two ways you can consider the amazing, consuming, personal love of God. First, be honest about how you view God. We live in a culture where everybody has a loud opinion about what God is like. If you have an internet connection or a smartphone, you've no doubt heard some of these opinions. Maybe you've even heard some of these not-so-great opinions about God from people who claim to follow God. And it can feel impossible for those opinions to not affect us. Yet, we have God's unchanging word that tells us the clear truth. God loves us. God loves you. So take a few minutes this week and write down what you really believe about God. Don't give a churchy answer or the answer you think is correct. Be real, because God can handle it. You can't offend him. We all have ideas about God, right or wrong, but learning to name them will help us figure out whether they are the right idea about Jesus or not. And second, process what God's love means for you personally. What does it mean to you that God loves you? How does this knowledge impact how you see yourself? Maybe take a moment, put your phone on airplane mode, or even turn it off and think about it for a second. Take a moment to stop and just hear your own thoughts when it comes to God. No other voices, no social media noise, no Netflix in the background. You find a solitary place outside in God's creation. This quiet can create the space to allow the truth of God's love to sink in. Maybe for the first time. For the men and women who encountered Jesus after his resurrection, Easter was personal. And Easter is just as personal for each of us today. Because of the resurrection, John knew God is love. And because of the resurrection, you can know the same thing. You can be sure God is love. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection prove it. And the life we live after understanding that and believing that can be totally different as a result. So, what if you took a step today, grasping who God really is and letting that change you? What if you really believe that God loves you right now, period? What if you really let his love affect you personally? If you can grasp the truth and reality of God's love for you, you can experience the kind of relationship with God that other people talk about, but you've never really understood or maybe experienced personally yourself. So this week, consider, what would it look like to believe and accept God's personal love for you? How would that belief impact your life? Would it bring peace? Would it bring joy? Would it bring comfort? Yes, it would. Because of the resurrection, we can know that God is love. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good video there. He has some pretty good questions. So let's start off with that first question that he had. What is your view on God? What do you think about God yourself? So let's answer that question, each one of us. How do we view God? Let's go around and just... Is that question number one? Because that almost pertains to the same thing. Does it? Yeah. Is, is that question number one? It's close. It's close, close? to the same oh. thing. What um, is question number one? A loving God. Question number so, one. What yeah. does it say? Read question number one. When you were younger, what did you imagine God was like? How have your thoughts about God changed? Okay. That is similar. Okay. I feel he's a loving God. You feel he's a loving God. Is that how you viewed him when you was younger? Yes. And you still got that same view? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I always thought that he was like, you better be good, you better not do this, you better <laughs> not do that. Because that's how the church I was in was like. You had better be on your best behavior. So I was afraid. Okay. I was I was afraid, and I knew that I would had done wrong. I knew that I didn't wasn't, you know. I argued with my parents, and I did this. So, I thought he was, excuse my language, but hell and damnation. That's what I thought he was like. Mm. And until I had went to spend the summer with my grandmother, who had said, "What are you afraid of?" 
young lady, we're going to church, and we're going to church right now, and you're going to find out. And until I had spent that summer with my grandmother, I really didn't know what I was talking about. Mm. And she had showed me what God was like, and we got into the Bible every night and every day, and she showed me what our God was really like, and that's when I turned my life over to God. Okay. And then after that, I've been... Let's go. I want to know. I want to know more. I want to be there. I want to be with him. I want to see how I can be improved. And then I found a, a church that was like, "Oh, honey, I am so sorry. That is not who he is. Let's get let's get more and more in it." So after that, then I realized that, boy, I was an idiot. Yeah. You okay. know. So it's like, yeah, that's that's who I want to be. So. Yeah. Okay. I think often, as human beings, our view of God starts off small, you know, because we every, we view everything through through our personal experience, through our, our personal lens and and um, viewpoint. And so I think often when when we are when we are younger, our we we see only a, a tiny portion of who God is. And, and even even when we're older and as we grow in our relationship with God, we're still, this side of heaven, only going to see a portion of who God is. You know, there's, there is so much, um, so much more to God than, than we can even, than we can understand right now. Um, but for me personally, um, I grew up in various uh, holiness denominations, and I love holiness denominations. We are, you know, so the Salvation Army is a holiness as a holiness church. Um, and I believe that's so important, but I think sometimes, um, sometimes we don't teach it well to young people. Um, and so I think that's where that, that fear comes in and that, oh, God is just this, this judgmental person with judgmental being with this, this long list of rules. And if I mess up, I'm out. So I better fix it soon, you know? Um, and, and so I think, um, we, we have to, you know, as, as a holiness church, we have to be careful how we teach that so that, that we are communicating that, that yes, God is holy and yes, he expects us to be holy. Um, but he is also loving and he is also, he is also understanding. He, you know, he, he knows everything and, 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 um, and he knows what it is to be human, you know? And so I just think, um, I think as, as we, um, as we grow up, maybe, you know, maybe we didn't know much about God as a child, but, but as we even just grow in our faith, um, I think of course, of course our thoughts and our, our views of God change because we learn more and more about him. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. Uh, my views from a child, I did have a view as a child. I saw God as strong and uh, brave and fearless and a protector. And my reasons why I sat and I saw this because I was taught both ends from my grandmother. Now my mother has always taken us to church but it was because it was something that a traditional thing that she believed in doing. But actually knowing what the truth was as far as what it was, what salvation was and what it meant to be saved and just going, anybody can just go to church and not have Christ. Mm -hmm. Don't even know what salvation is. Well, the way I was taught from my grandmother, I did learn that God was all these things. But also I did learn that God was a God that punished sins. Like I was just talking to Zachariah this morning. And I told him, God is a God that punishes sins. You cannot fool God. Whatever you do, God see it. You cannot go to God and you do this. And you know you're going to do it again next week. I was telling him this morning and then say, go to God and repent. And say, oh God, please forgive me for my sins because I'm not going to smoke that cigarette no more tomorrow to shoot these drugs. No more tomorrow to look at pornography. No more tomorrow. I said, you were never forgiven for that sin if you plan on doing it again because God sees the heart. Yeah. I said, it's easy to sit down in a room full of people and say what you have to say. I said, because people look at the outward appearance, 
but God sees the heart. I said, so you won't get away with always? And it's not something I'm putting out there to embarrass them. Because I tell Carrington, I tell her, I tell my sister, and I tell myself that. You know, sometimes if we... We can know it's something that's wrong and your mind can't help but want to go the wrong way yeah. a lot of times. So you have to repent right there and say, God, just forgive me for even thinking about it. You know, because yeah. he knows. Right. Yeah. I love that you said that because I because I um, the uh, like the, the the Hebrew definition of repentance is actually turning, turning away. away. That's what I <laughs> you know. This yeah. Morning. So it's, it's you turn not just, away. It's not just, oh, I'm sorry, God. That's right. You have to turn away you and know, stop you, doing yeah, it. The, yeah. It's all about that motivation yeah, and intention. Yeah. And, so that's why yeah. I always saw God as still a loving God because yes. I was taught that he also was a God of forgiveness. No matter what we do, he's a God of forgiveness. But I always tried not to leave out to my children repentance. Yeah. Repentance is yeah. the thing to do. Yeah, you he's have a God to of repent. But that yeah, mean just right, right, want. right. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, Did you want something to say? No, I don't think so. You, Zachariah? God will. Okay. You, Zachariah? Nothing? You have anything to say? No? Okay. Yes, I actually got something to say. Okay. I was brought up in church since I was five years old. And how I thought of them was an almighty person, like what she said. But then you start hanging around the wrong people and you start losing focus on that. Mm-hmm. Then you bring yourself back up and think that he's all right here with you. Well, I went to church as, as a young lad, but God was always scary. Uh, he was just just scary, so... I, I really didn't focus on him. For me, church was just something to play in. It's just something you just go to church and we just played. It, it was nothing really never serious because I never did understand what the preacher was saying. I never focused in on what Sunday school was about because it was always candy. I just wanted the candy. Just give me the candy so I can come on and go upstairs and just make fun of the people in the church. So I never did understand what church was all about. Now, as I grew up and started going to church, I still never understood church because it was always, to me, it was always like it was pre-planned. It was the same people falling out on Sunday, but it was the same ones I saw Monday night drunk. It was the same ones I see doing this on Sunday, but then I see them doing something else on Monday. And I never did understand what was going on. So church was always confusing to me. And I never did get a concept of God on uh, as a teenager. So because I never did understand what the preacher was talking about because I never read the book, number one. I never did open up the Bible to try to read it for myself. I was always getting a passed down religion. Always getting it passed down to me. Somebody telling me about this or either getting it as Hollywood delivered it to me. Uh, the story of Moses as they show it on TV or something like that. The, the story of David or whatever. So I never did get it. But today I have a different concept because I... I've studied it for myself, and I got a relationship with God for myself. So I, I, I guess I could say that people change their re, uh, opinion, uh, their view on God as they grow with a relationship of themselves with God. Without that relationship, it's uh, it's easy to have all kind of views because it, you. Without that relationship with you and God, you can get distorted views from everybody and everything. Hollywood can influence your belief. People can influence your belief if you don't have a personal relationship with God on your own. You need that personal relationship with God. So 
uh, to get that true uh, understanding between you and God. Today I see God as love and as a finisher, author and finisher of my faith. So what's the second question, Sister Debbie? How does our culture define love? Hmm. What the culture say love is. Hmm. As soon as she said that, that song popped in my head. What, what uh, 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 Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> That's what she defined love is. What do the culture say love is? I'm, so I think um, in our culture today, um, I think, um, so this is not necessarily a definition, but kind of a description, I guess. Um, I think the way we view love is, is um, as, a, as a feeling. Maybe it'll last. Maybe it won't. Maybe we have a choice in it. Maybe we don't, you know. And, but I think love is so much more than that because I do think love is a choice. Um, and, and I think it, it requires work. Um, and I think that it is, um, I think it's so much more than, than how our society and our culture views it. You know, I think, um, I feel like our, our culture views it as something that just happens, <laughs> um, you know, but, but that's not, uh, love, love doesn't just, just happen for the most part. It's something that you choose every day, um, to, to take part in and to do, you know, it's, it's something that you work at. It's something, uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's not easy, yeah. you know, and I, and I think in, in, in our culture, you know, we like to think, well, well, it's, Love should be easy, and if it's not, then it's not, then it's just not the, you know, it's not the right one, or it's, or, you know, I just can't love this person, or, or whatever, mm. and, you know, and, and, and I just think that, um, there, there is so much more to love than that, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be this, this conditional feeling. Mm. Well, to me, my view on love is, um, I like to look at love just like Jesus. We don't see him. He's not physically just standing here where we can actually see him. But in my heart, I know that he loved me. I know that Jesus loves me. And I think that love should be a, 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 and it's something that's an emotion. I think that, say, for instance, a husband and wife. I've always thought I'm not a man, so I don't know, but most of the men that I've talked to that love God, they say they know their wives love them if they respect them. Just from the things that we do and how we respect them. But I think most of the time a woman want to hear and want to see and want a husband to show her that because we look at things, God created us more emotional than he did with feelings than he did, I believe, the man. And he made us all the love the same, but it's still a difference to me with a woman and a man. I want Zachariah to say, show me that he loved me. He don't have to show me by eh, every day. It's just the way you can be with a person you know, to show your love. I know that Derek know that I love him. He told me one day, he told this classroom one day, boy, I know that my wife just wanted to kill me sometimes. You know what he said? But I know she loved me. And a lot of times a wife have to kind of guess, does he love me? Does What? You, you know what I'm saying? Or a child have to come and say, it's bad for a child to have to come to their parent and say, do you love me, mommy? You know, or something like that. So to me, I think that I think that love shows in a compassionate way, you know, and, you know, I just, it, it doesn't have to be something that we see. Yeah. I Physically think, see. Yeah. I, it's just, yeah. you know, Chris, Lieutenant Chris, love you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we all show it and receive it in different ways. Yeah. Um, I, I, a couple of years back, I read, uh, Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages, you know, that there are five different ways that, that I read, we, we yeah, typically yeah. You know that mm -hmm. we really feel mm -hmm. loved, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's so important because Chris and I, we, we express and feel loved in totally different ways, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
and and so so I think yeah, it's it's important to recognize how someone it is um, how someone can feel love so that we can be sure that we're we you know when we love someone we are showing that love um, in a way that they can understand it um, and and uh, and feel that. Uh, 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 Go ahead, Vanessa. Okay. You can't love somebody if they don't love you. And you can feel it and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And see, with me, I do believe yeah. that I could love you even if I think that you don't love me. Because it's the love that God instilled and that he put inside of my heart to just go ahead and love you anyway. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes you can, the feeling that you might be feeling is sometimes an individual might, you might feel like you're being avoided, pushed pushed away and you can put yourself completely into something. It's just not a husband, wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend thing. It's with your children, with a friend. It's with anybody Family, yeah. So it it can right. It yeah. can be with anybody that you feel just yeah, like. Absolutely. I have been around people that made me feel like I was just scum. Yeah. Plain old, you just scum. You know, this this is this is like me and Miss Pamby was talking about Sunday when we expressed it was Sunday or Sunday before last. How you're only good for people when it's what you can do for them. Other than that, you just plain pew. You know, but you you know sometimes you want to receive that feeling that somebody care about you and love you. You don't want to always be the person that have to get reaching out all the time and I'm showing you as much as I could I love you and all you give me is you like you to me you know yeah I think it's I think it's for sure harder to demonstrate and to and to love someone who you feel doesn't love you Mm -hmm. um but I do think that's something God calls us to do yeah um that's what Jesus did for us yeah you know in in the scripture it it literally says this is how God showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we loved God but that he loved Mm -hmm. us um you know he he created a way for us to love him before we ever loved him he did you know, before any of us even existed. Um, and, and it's hard, you know, I, I, there have been times where I have had to ask God, okay, God, I need you to show me something that I can love about this person today. Cause listen, they are really, really getting on my nerves or they really hurt me or, you know, whatever. And, and God comes through, like, he, and you could. He, you yes, found that you could yes, love he, them. He, sh- you know, he could. Maybe it's something small. You know, maybe it's that he shows me, like, something I didn't see before. Where maybe, maybe they're reacting out of hurt as well. You know, or or something like that. And and but but God does. You know, when when we ask Him to help us to love someone. Um, he will show us how to love them because because he loves all of us. You know, he knows. Regardless of yeah, what we do or what absolutely. we've done. Yeah. Absolutely. In, 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 in cultural society, they, is is <laughs> without Christ, there is no love. In cultural, they have likes and, 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 lust and desire but in Christ we have love because it's Christ that shows us how to love it's Christ that teaches us to love because Christ is love and we allow him to show us how to love because he renews our mind with his word he gives us a loving heart he gives us a new spirit. He changes us to become a new creature. So with that, we are able to love. Culturally, there is no love out there. I'm, I'm here to tell you that the enemy does not love you. There is no love in the enemy. The enemy has got one thing on his mind, to seek, devour, and destroy. There's no love with the enemy. And with Christ, there is love. So culturally, 
the 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 whole aspect of love it it is non-existent. No, it, culturally love exists. I, I I really believe culturally love does exist. It's just like you just say it because Jesus died for us. He put love in us all culturally. I just believe that some people just ignore it. Just like some people don't even believe that God exists, and and we all know that God exists. His love exists also. It's just some people that's just. Have you ever seen some people just don't want to? Um, how would I say this? They just. It's not to think of practice to love it. It's just some people I have seen that it's just so cold and black-hearted and dark-hearted. They they just don't want to. And I'm gonna tell you something. I want to share this with you. My sister's like that. And I love my sister. No matter what she has ever said or done to me, I love her with an unconditional love. But she is one of the most mean and destructive-hearted and evil people that I have ever seen. She's one of them in my life. But she, she's gone to church. She's read the Bible. She knows what Jesus Christ has done for us. She knows what love is. She knows that we are commanded by God to love. And she'll tell you every day she see you. I don't care what God say. I don't care what the Bible say. I ain't got to love you. You know, so some people just like that, you know. And she wants you to every day. There are some people, and she's one of them, that want you to every day express your love for them. And they never show you no kind in anything, you know. So I believe culturally people do know how to love, even those that you may look at every day like I do my sister and say they are so loveless or, you know, black-hearted and stuff. And that's what's wrong, the black-heartedness. And they allow the spirit of Satan to come in and control their lives, that spirit of darkness. And that's where we lack. Yeah, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Derek, but I think we're... Maybe where you were going with that is is that unconditional love is not possible without Jesus. Oh yeah, okay. He um, didn't say unconditional. Whereas, okay. whereas you know, it, yeah, we can. I I love you because you brought me a donut today. Right, that's right. Just what I needed, and that's all I need. You that's know, the only yeah. kind of love I have. <laughs> you know, you. right? You know, but 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 unconditional love, I I do think. Yeah, Christ. That, I don't think that right. Yeah, that yeah. without Christ, we, we our culture yeah. don't have that yes. unconditional love. Okay, Correct. we do not. I I put it this way, uh, where Christ is. Evil cannot exist. If if Christ is love and Christ dwelled in you, then Christ will produce love in you. And without Christ in you, then it's definitely hard for you to produce love. If and you, I agree with that and disagree. I agree to disagree with that. Okay. It, 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 see, love has to come through Christ because the Bible say that Christ is love. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have Christ, you cannot produce love. Love don't come from the world. Right. Love come from Christ. Right. right. But we are all created in the image of God. In the right. image That's of right. God, but mm-hmm. not from. Okay. We'll learn to disagree. That's yeah. all right. But that's yeah. what I was saying. That's yeah. a, 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 that's yeah. one that you can agree, agree to disagree, disagree with. with. Right. So, so what's what's question number three? What does Jesus' death and resur- resurrection mean for your life today? And I put that I can do all all things through Him. All right. Mm-hmm. What do the resurrection d- d- mean for your life today? Is that the question? Yeah. What okay. Does resurrection. Jesus' death and resurrection mean for your life today? All right. And I put that I can do, do all things, things through Him. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Miss. I put because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Amen. I think that His resurrection um, means. Uh, Life to me, life. because I get a chance to die and live again. Amen. So eternal life, that resurrection eternal is eternal life, life. salvation. Yes. All right. Paul said that. 
Without the resurrection, there is no salvation. Amen. It means that I can go directly to God. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go through somebody else. That's right. Go directly to God. That personal relationship that's just me and God. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got anything, Miss Vanessa? I agree. You agree. (laughs) You agree with it all. Amen. All right. Best answer. (laughs) (laughs) I got well, I have to say hope. Give me hope. Hope that anything is possible. Everything is possible. Amen. That's a good one now. What's our next question? Since God is love, how do you think we ought to love other people? And I put with kindness and show that we care. Okay. If since God is love, how should we love other people? All right. I put with kindness and show we care. All right. This. I I I was sitting there just looking at that one, and I, I the, the only thing the first thing that came to my mind was, judge not, least ye be judged. Oh, all right, all right, okay. I think, Lieutenant. I think that that we are we are called to to love others as God loves us. We are we are called to love others without selfish intent, without without a desire for something in return. We're That's right. we are called to love others unconditionally. Um and it's not easy, um, but it's something that that because of the resurrection, um, because of that because of that possibility, that opportunity for us to have a personal relationship with Christ. Um, that through him we can do that. I agree with you. That would have been my answer. <clears throat> okay. Amen. You got anything, Miss Vanessa? I actually agree with what she just said about the judging part. I always said that only God could judge me. Only God can judge. Amen. Amen. That's just... She has such a sweetest little voice. I love her voice. <laughs> Amen. All right. What's the next question? What do you think it looks like to walk every day in God's love? What do you think it looks like to walk every day in God's love? Mm, mm, mm. That we should tell others about God's love for them. To tell others about God's love for them. What it looks like to walk in God's love every day. Unconditionally blessed. Unconditionally blessed. Mm. What it looks like to walk in God's love. So I think it it goes back um, to what the gentleman said in the video. You know, um, that that abundant life. You know, if we are walking every day in God's love, then we, we can't be walking around cranky all the time, complaining, hating life, you know. Um, but if we are truly walking um, every day in God's love, then then we are living life to the fullest. We, we have God's joy. Um, you know, we, we, we have hope, you know, and, and it, that, that is huge because that is not, um, that is not how most people experience life, mm. you know. Um, what it looks like to I would walk. have to ponder on that one. You have to ponder. <laughs> I, I need to ponder on that one because I don't want to come across to, to my sisters and brothers in Christ as a negative person. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just, sometimes I'll be cranky. No, not all. Fair. I know no, what you I'm said. Not all. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not. Yeah, oh. we, we, have, we have. We all. How have about yeah? But you talking about that every day? Just yeah. But if you, at, yeah, but if you are that beastie every day, yeah, yes, yes, then, yes. Then you are not living uh, yeah, in God's yeah, love. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, my husband can tell you I'm cranky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, we all. We all have yeah. our moments. <laughs> just, just um. Yeah. I think just to be able to every day to tell someone. About Christ and just display His love towards others, yeah. mm-hmm. and sometimes even though people might not love you, those are the most people in the world that need our love. Yeah. 
Mm. that need to, to hear about Christ and what he's done for us and how he loves us unconditionally. So, All right. Hurting people hurt us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got anything, Miss Vanessa? They're saying all the right things. <laughs> They're saying all the right things. To walk, how, what would that look like? I say it would have to look like forgiveness. It would have to look like somebody that's, that, it, it would just have to look like Peace. It would have to look like somebody content. It would have to look like humble. I agree to disagree with that one too. Okay. <laughs> what, Miss Patty? <laughs> where, where you think the same thing, Miss Patty? Okay. No, I just love <laughs> it. The way you said it. Well, now I'm going to just have to disagree with that too. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just the way you said it. Now, I'm just going to have to disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I just, okay. It's all right. I love that. Because I just believe in, in um. I mean, we are all we are different, and we still think different as human beings in flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. You know, and to have that humbling experience is great. We have to know how, like he's saying, to really put ourselves in certain situations, how to have that humbling experience. And I pray all the time for God to give me more patience, because sometimes your patience, my man, can just run so thin with certain things and issues in life that it takes God. It takes heavy prayer. It takes a lot of that for me sometimes. You just don't know it takes a lot of that for me. Oh. According to what that situation is. It's, I do because patience is, you know, yeah. I used to have the patience of Joe. Yeah. Okay. I have the patience of a flea anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always say you can And I'm not saying I'm, I don't have patience for people. And, and things like that, but I am saying that it's it's according to what the situation that you be, you know. It's sometimes yeah. you be Lord help me help me with my how many times have I told you this? You know, my patience really run there with my kids sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, you see, it's not that we we able to do these things twenty four seven seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year. We want to get to that place, but we're asking God to help us to grow to that place. Well, and I think we're all working, you know, at, at different times in our lives, we're all working on different aspects of that. Right. Um, because it because different aspects of that are feel more relevant to us in those moments. Mm -hmm. Because we, we all have shortcomings. We all have... Uh, areas we need to work on. We all have this, but we all know where our weaknesses are. So we're asking God to grow us. We're asking God to help us. We're asking God, this is where I'm weak at. Lord, help me grow in grace in this area. So that's the, that's the thing. And, and, and to know that we are weak in those areas is the thing. And that's the blessing with Christ Jesus, to be able to admit and let God work in that area in our lives. Amen. Is that the last question? No. Oh, got one more? It says, what are some practical ways you can share the love of God with other people this week? And I put, talk to them about the love of God and that God died for us on the cross. Okay. Talk to others about it. Anybody? Pray, pray for others. Pray for others. Mm -hmm. Talk and pray. Okay. I think um, even even uh, doing something maybe that you wouldn't normally do for someone else. All right. Doing something you wouldn't normally do. All right. Anybody else? Talk and pray. Doing something you wouldn't normally do. How about just being a listening ear for somebody? Mm-hmm. All right. Is there any more questions or do we got time? There's one more and it says, what are some things you can do to remind yourself of God's unshakable love for you? 
Mmm. And what did you put, Miss Debbie? Well, I've got four things down. Um, one is he's kept me alive when I had a bad test done. Um, God's helping me become a better person. God's love for me has helped me through whatever I'm going through. And God's love for me has helped me become a caring person to others and family. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to kind of try and tie that together a little. I think, I think, um, we can, we can remind ourselves of God's unshakable love for us by looking at how he's come through for in us in the past. Past, yeah. 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 And that's a good way to do it. It is. Excellent way. And just pick up his word. Yeah. Just read his word. That's I mean, a, where I'm living at, I've tried to talk about to the people I'm living with. Me and Peggy get along fine when it comes to that. That's but good. one of her brothers, it's like a deaf ear. He, he well, don't want to hear it. Well, that's all right. Just keep praying for him. Yep. Just keep praying. That's all you can do is just keep praying. It's not up to us. We just get to plant the seeds and, That's and all. we let God do the rest. rest. I mean, because it's one brother. We've watched um, Noah's Ark, the movie. Mm. And we've watched a couple others with um, uh, is it L L Lucifer that they talk about? That movie that's on Netflix, Lucifer. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's one on Netflix. I don't no, watch it, but it's, it's not. It's not. I don't watch it, but it ain't nothing like the scripture. Right, right. <laughs> Noah Mark, it, it was talking about how they brought all the. It showed how they were building the ark and all the animals and creatures. Okay. Yeah, I called them. Because I didn't know he had brought um, snakes on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, we, if we got the animals today, they were on that ark. <laughs> <laughs> Whether well, we like them or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that we had different views of God when we was coming up. We got views of him today. And we can grow by steady growing in relationship with him. Absolutely. And all we want to do is continue to grow in relationship with him. Because when we see him, and we will see him, mm -hmm. we will get a total view of him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let us close out in prayer. Who would like to close us out in prayer? Who want to close us out? Miss Debbie, you want to close us out in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful lesson that we've had today. And Lord, those that do not know the Lord, please lay your hands on them and speak to them. And those that are not here, that are sick, on vacation or wherever they may be, just watch over them. And Lord, Watch over my son, Lord, and help him heal. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen.